you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f- best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Game's all about. All of a sudden, you feel like you can't miss. I'm gonna just leave it up here. You couldn't make that if you tried that again. Absolutely not. Welcome to Buckets here on the Action Network Podcast Network. It is All Star Weekend here in the NBA, and we are here to get you ready for all the festivities. Rising Stars Challenge, Skills Contest, Three-Point Shootout, Dunk Contest, the All-Star Game. I'm here with Matt Moore and Raheem Palmer to get you uh, ready for everything you're going to be looking at this weekend, how to bet all the angles and have a little fun in Cleveland. Guys, we like having fun in Cleveland, right? Matt, fun in Cleveland? Uh, My lawyer has advised me not to comment on my feelings regarding Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, Look, I will say this. I think it's... I. In a, in a very conceptual manner, I think it's really great that the league moves the All-Star game around. I think it's cool that we've had it in Toronto and New York and L.A. and now Cleveland gets it and Salt Lake's getting it next year. I think like that's a very cool thing so that every city can have that experience. A couple things. Um, they price everyone out, so it's not like the local fans are like filling this place up. Like If you've been to any of the events, it's mostly just like corporate partners and celebrities, et cetera. And that's cool. But if we're going to do that, like, let's just go to like one of four places like LA I'm fine with. It's fine. Not, not my favorite place, but it's fine. I think new Orleans should just host it every year. Cause it's perfect. Like they host large events. They have two arenas. They have the best food. The weather's not going to suck. Uh, it's just pretty good. Um, I'm okay with like, Miami, maybe for one. And then after I, I did, I thought for a while the league would never, ever do it. I think it's possible that we might get Vegas here again sometime in the, like the next 10 years. And it went very badly last time. It went very poorly last time. If you ask any uh, driver, cab driver, because Uber wasn't a thing then, that was around then. They have uh, horror stories from that weekend. It was not great for the locals. They're not a big fan of the all-star game, but, but, you know, I think now actually might be uh, the time to go head back to Vegas. That'd be a, a good event. So um, that's my Cleveland discussion, um, which does not include Cleveland. Um, if, if you do go to Cleveland, there's a taco place by the arena. Um, and that place is pretty good. Well, there you have it. Get some tacos in Cleveland. I'm with you. I, I always feel like the Super Bowl, same thing. I would rotate just like LA, New Orleans, Miami, and just, you know, stick between those three, maybe throw in a Vegas. Now I'm excited for that in a few years. 
Uh, Raheem, All Star Weekend. What's the highlight of the weekend for you? On a, on a typical weekend, what what's the big event? Well, it's definitely the three point contest. Everything else does not matter. The All Star game itself doesn't matter. The dunk contest is flabby and sick. I'm gonna be honest with you. I've been saying this for years. The NBA should just throw the dunk contest in the bushes, and they should have a bunch of D leaguers play a game of I don't know what you call it. Twenty one rough rough house. I call it rough for the opportunity of a 10 day contract. It'll be like the NBA hunger games. That's what should happen. <laughs> I don't hate that, but uh, yeah, we, we are, we are mixing things up a little bit here. So now that we've hyped you sufficiently for Cleveland and all-star weekend, we're just going to go through the events. We'll go in chronological order. We can bet on most of these things. So if nothing else, I'm excited to bet on some of these events and there are still edges out there, especially because these lines are a little bit wonky at times. They aren't necessarily watching them as closely as, as usual. So Friday night, we start out with the celebrity game. We're not going to talk about that, but we do have the rising stars challenge. So new format this year, we've got 12 rookies, 12 sophomores. That's the usual for G league ignite guys. I'm excited for that. Just to see some of these guys out there, Jaden Hardy, Scoot Henderson. Uh, so those 28 guys have been split into four teams. And because this weekend is all about NBA 75, it is a race to 75, gentlemen. So we have four teams of seven. They're going to play a game to 50 with Elam ending. And then the two winners will play a final game to 25, which I think is going to go pretty quickly once we get there. We had, uh, we got Isaiah Thomas, Gary Payton, James Worthy, and Rick Barry drafted our teams. Again, more NBA 75. Matt, are you betting on this tournament? Is there a team you like here? Yeah, I'm gonna throw some. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw some dough at Team Peyton. Uh, I get Lamelo. I get Scotty Barnes. I get Io Desumu, who's awesome. I get uh, Chris Duarte is not gonna play. Uh, you get Scoot Henderson out of the G League Ignite. Uh, a lot of hype for him as a draft prospect. Uh, Bones Highland steps in for Davion Mitchell. Wish Davion Mitchell was playing, but I like Bones in this format. Uh, Bones's crossover game is pretty sick. And I will tell you this: having covered Bones in Denver that kid was made for this event. Like he is going to try desperately to get attention. Like that is what he will do. So uh, you got a lot of crossover potential here. I got Scotty Barnes. He's pretty solid. I got Io DeSumo who can make some athletic plays. Sneaky ones here. I got Jonathan Kaminga uh, who for the Warriors, like he's playing major serious minutes for a title contender. Kaminga's good. Kaminga is hashtag good. So you can run pick and roll with him and, um, and Lamelo, so I like that. And so throwing that and Jaden McDaniels from the Wolves, a little bit of defense, a little bit of shooting. Uh, I like Team Payton. I'm getting them at three to one. I will take Team Payton to win the Rising Stars Challenge. Yeah, you know, I was looking at these rosters because uh, uh, I, I was listing off. Okay, who are the three go-to guys? And it was telling for me on Team Payton that I had Lamelo, Scotty Barnes, and then Kuminga was my third guy. And I was like, wait, but Kuminga just barely got added onto this team, so he'll be interesting to watch. Scoot Henderson for sure. He's potentially a number one draft pick, but not this year. He's not eligible to come out this year. So he's still a year away. So we'll see how some of these G League kids hang with, uh, you know, the, the wily veteran rookies and sophomores. So I actually like the Peyton team the least. I just think they don't have much shooting. And maybe that doesn't matter in an event like this. Maybe you're just running and gunning and just throwing alley-oops the whole game. But I kind of talk myself into the long shot here. I got team worthy. So Josh Giddy, Tyrese Maxey, Cole Anthony. The thing with this team, when you first see it, you're like, um, did you forget to draft forwards and centers? And yes, you forgot to draft forwards and centers. It's, it's just pretty much guards. 
Herb Jones is going to play forward and center and do all the defending for this team. But it's an all-star game. Who needs to defend? Who needs big men? Let's just run and gun, take a ton of shots, get up and down the court. And I think that there's a lot of guys on this team are going to do that. Jalen Suggs has come around lately. Jalen Green, I think it's going to have a big weekend for him. We'll get back to him on the dunk contest. But Team James Worthy is plus 350. They're the longest shot here. And I don't know. This, this is going to be a kooky thing. It's up in the air. I think I'd rather take a long shot here, uh, especially because I, I think they play the Peyton team first, and I like that I mean, matchup look, for them. We're here. We might as well, like, let's take this seriously. I think one of the things is that we don't know how to necessarily – like we've never seen this event, right? So we don't know what this is going to look like. I do think it's kind yeah. of interesting to just to look at, to think about is rebounding going to matter or is it that it's an interesting kind of cap there, oh. right? Mm-hmm. Just from, from Brandon, just to be like, okay, whoever could shoot, maybe like that's the team that's going to win. Just like if everybody can shoot, that's how they win. That's, I mean, that's an interesting yeah. cap at least for this. Event. That is definitely, I, I agree with you on um, team Peyton to, to give you a differing opinion. I think, Team Isaiah, they're the favorite for a reason. You got Precious on the team. You got Sadiq Bay. You got Desmond Bain. Like Desmond Bain, and they got Anthony Edwards. Desmond Bain and Anthony Edwards, like they might be actual all stars next year. But like, is Ant going to play? Because he's got the ankle. That's my question. That is like, true. Is like I don't know if Ant's going to play now. Like yeah. I've been saying this on Twitter. I like I've been doing the hashtag Sadiq Bay is good. I've liked him from the yeah. beginning of the season this year. Like Sadiq is really good. Like he's a quality I mean, shooter and I could see him being like, um, I'm just going to shoot every time. And maybe like, that's the the way to get about it. I mean, and then, and then you got Halliburton, mm-hmm. you got Halliburton and you got Isaiah Stewart. I mean, we know Isaiah Stewart is the dog. He, he went after LeBron all crazy. So I, I mean, I think they're the favorite for a reason. Well, and let me ask this, Brandon, who's the best player in this event? Let's ask that. Well, LaMelo is yeah. the only all-star right now, right? Yeah. It's Lamelo. Lamelo is the be best. Lamelo is the best player in this event. And um, yeah, okay, fuck it. I'm gonna go for it. Um, this is a meaningless competition in which uh, all that matters is how flashy you are. This is well built for Lamelo Ball's game. Doesn't <laughs> yeah. actually have to make any winning plays. Doesn't have to play any. De- I'm a little over Lamelo. I'm just telling you guys. Like I, having watched a couple of Hornets games the last couple of weeks and watched him, I'm just like, I mean, okay, passing is nice, but. And so I, I do kind of think, though, that this is like a LaMelo seems like the type of person, especially with where he's at in his career. I always look for guys in these events where it's like, does this raise your profile? Like, does this help your yeah. brand? And LaMelo going off in rising stars because he's probably not going to play much in all star. I think probably he's got to reserve his energy for all star. And the parties, but that's like he's th- there's at least I think an, a chance here that he puts on a little show in this competition. Yeah. For me, uh, the the one team that I don't want to bet on here is team Barry, Kate Cunningham, Franz Wagner, Evan Mobley, Isaac Okoro, Jay Sean Tate. I love every one of those players on my actual basketball team. If we were playing an actual basketball game, (laughs) I'm all over team Barry. This is not actual basketball. Those are all guys that play in team settings, elevate each other and make everyone better. This is not the event for that. So if Evan Mobley goes I'm out, out and just like if, if Evan Mobley just goes out and annihilates everyone, I'm gonna it's gonna be really entertaining. If it's just like Evan yeah. Mobley's like, I'm better than all of you, like no one can touch yeah. me. Good with that. So, real quick, we got a uh, we get the rookies and sophomores have a clutch challenge shooting contest that's gonna happen 
in between the two games in the championship. I haven't seen odds legal for this yet, but it's again, NBA 75. So there's five shots on the court. They're in pairs and they've got to hit five shots from five spots. The magic Johnson, baby hook, the Charles Barkley top of the key, Ray Allen corner three, Reggie, Reggie Miller from the wing and then Dame from the logo. So I kind of like it. It's a fun little competition. Here's the thing. They put Desmond Bain and Tyrese Halliburton on the same team. Here's the other teams. Scotty Barnes and Davion Mitchell, which I assume maybe is Bones Highland now. Josh Giddy and Evan Mobley. And then the G League team, Michael Foster and Fambo Zhang. What are we doing? Bain and Halliburton are by far the best shooters. Like, if you can find a way to bet this, am I crazy to think, like, just hammer the Bain Halliburton angle here? Can, can Fambo Zhang shoot? Percent from three, but only on 1.7 attempts per game. Yeah. So I think no. you can find this line, or if you've got, uh, you know, alternate methods, I, I get some money on Bain Halliburton here. I don't understand why Josh Giddy is in this. And then Scotty Barnes. Scotty's shooting 31% from three. Like, I don't want to, like, I, I tended to want to go funky and go weird on these just because it's supposed to be fun and take the, but if, if anybody throws up props on this, take the Bain Halliburton combo. Saturday night, we start out with the skills challenge. Something new this year, skills challenge. We've got three teams of three. We got a team of Antetokounmpo's, a team of rookies, and a team of Cavs. That's fun, right? Something new? Uh, I mean, anything is better than the dunk contest at this point. So I can rock with it. <laughs> yeah, I like the format. Here's the problem. I don't know if you've looked into the actual format of how this is going to go. I think it's going to be dreadfully long. So here's what we do. We got three rounds that all three of these teams do. Round one, they got to shoot. Each player on each team has to do a 30-second shot thing from five shots. Maybe the same ones as from the night before. Round two, each player from each team has a 30-second passing drill. Round three, we got the team relay, the usual skills challenge that we're used to watching, but that's each one of them going up and down, each one of them taking like six shots to hit a three. This are you sure that all three of them, or is it one of them, each one of them doing one? No, it's all three. It's very specifically all three. And that's just the semis. And then the top two teams go into the finals. And as far as I can tell, the finals is literally hit a half court shot. That's it. So it's interesting. I think this could take a while. Team Cavs, the home team, obviously, got Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, and Jared Allen. Team Anadokounmpo's, we got Giannis, Thanasis, and Alex. Team rookies, we got Josh Giddy, Scotty Barnes, and Cade Cunningham. Uh, the rooks are favored. The Cavs are slightly behind. Anadokounmpo's are the long shots. Raheem, who do you think in the skills challenge here? I'm going to go with Josh Giddy, Cade Cunningham, and Barnes. I team Anadokounmpo. Like, I don't trust them to have the pure skill. They, I mean, they have the athleticism. And when you look at team Cavs, I mean, you, you got two centers. Like, I, I don't want two centers in the skills event. So give me, give me the team rookies. I'm rolling with them. Yeah, it's a good argument. I like the rookies too. Matt, are you on the rookies as well here? I can't find an edge. If we have one more team, I would go with whoever was the other team, you know, because it's like, <laughs> again, like Scotty Barnes is going to be exhausted. This is the third event Scotty Barnes is in? What is this? These are these are high high class athletes. He's not going to be tired. Come yes, on, yes he is. Yes he is. Because God, he's got endless energy. He'll be fine. Okay, he's going to fly. He's going to fly in. He's going to fly into Cleveland. That we're recording this Thursday. He's going to fly in tonight. He's going to have an event. He's going to go out. 
there's going to be a party. He's going to get up tomorrow. He's got uh rise. He's got uh rising star shoot around tomorrow. They do that. That's a thing they do. And, um, and availability, that's a whole zoo. Like there's a whole, he's going to be like, he has to do like five different media stops. Then he's got rising stars game. He's got the Clorox clutch thing in the middle. Okay. Definitely going out for the Friday parties. Definitely doing that. Saturday, he's got, what has he got Saturday? Doesn't have anything Saturday. He's off Saturday, so he can sleep in hungover. Um, and then and then he's going to have this. Where he's got to do all these different dr- like this is a lot, right? So like the, the rookies seem like the easy one. I just I just can't imagine the NASA's dribbling that long. And. And then with the Cavs, I think you've got the same problem of the guys are like the guys that are in, I, I'm going against Weston earlier because I, I was talking about LaMelo, but like the guys that are in the all-star game are going to save themselves for that. Like that's like they're in the all-star game. They're in the, the NBA all-star game. And that's where they're going to want to put their, their actual energy. Um, I just don't know. Like who's shooting on the Cavs team, Darius, but like it's Jarrett and Evan. Right. So like all of the shot stuff, I don't feel good about. So I think the default is the, the rookies, but it's minus 165. I, I think this is, I think this is, what? It's not at DraftKings. At DraftKings, it's plus 160 for the rookies. Oh, plus guys, I saw rookies, wrong. I, I, I plus 170 Cavs, plus 200 Anadokounmpo's. So, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're basically even. That's why I love the rookies here. This is, if you can get the plus 160, uh, look, Matt, you've been to the event year after year. You know, like, uh, you're there. You understand the party scene, all of that kind of thing. I don't have that angle. Just from a pure basketball angle, though, I'm smashing the rookies here. We're shooting passing and dribbling we got giddy scotty and kate on one team like they're a mortal lock to make the finals between the three teams of two of the three get through they're mm-hmm. easily by far the most skilled of the three teams on all three parts who screws it up make the if, the, if the rookies don't make the finals who screws it up <clears throat> maybe they tank the shooting because all three of them can just go ice cold on that like it's not the greatest shooting team but it's still not Rianta de Cupos or two centers from the Cavs. Yeah. So like basically to me, the half court shot is 50, 50. It's a coin flip. So I would take the rookies as a coin flip because they're going to be in the finals. And then who knows from there, the other two to me is like, I have no idea who makes the finals and then maybe they steal it. But if I get the rookies at anything plus juice here, I actually think it's a pretty good play. The rookies are trying to make a name for themselves. So it's like, if there's a motivational angle, why wouldn't it be the rookies? I mean, look, Normally, I'm all on the motivation factor on these. I think all three teams play hard here. The rookies are going to show up because they, they want to show up. The Cavs are in playing in front of their home fans. And Ana de Cumpo's try for everything. I, I'll tell you this. If you're, gonna, if you're not going to bet on one team, do not bet on the Cavs here. I disagree with the, like, they're playing in front of their home crowd. No, they're not. They're yeah, playing. True. Like, the Saturday night crowd, literally, here's like the breakdown of the Saturday night crowd. It is four levels lower bowl of corporate partners, tickets, and celebrities. And players, and then they will bring in basically groups of kids that will scream at the top of their lungs for the free stuff that they give out constantly. And I'm not, I'm not judging this. I got kids. I kids are great. Okay, <laughs> but 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 this is not like a Cleveland Cavaliers home game. 
that is not this environment. So if you're going to bet one of them at plus 160, yeah, okay, all right. I, I, I thought it was minus. I really did when I looked at the odds. If it's plus 160, then, yeah, you got to bet the rookies here. We're in agreement. Yeah, DraftKings. The numbers have been up there all week and have not moved at all. So they're not moving anything based on action coming in. You got to shop around for the best line, even in the skills competition. Right. All right, Locked. let's go to the dunk contest. All right, so we got four guys in the dunk contest. We're going to make at least like two or three dunks, I'm sure, between them. So Jalen Green is the favorite at plus 200 right now. Obi Toppin, plus 205. Cole Anthony, plus 300. And my guy, my Anderson, Juan Toscano Anderson, plus 500 is the long shot here. Raheem, I know you love the dunk contest. Give me your <laughs> dunk winner. Look, I'm just going to go with Obi Toppin. I mean, we've seen him do some spectacular in-game dunks. He's been in this contest before. He has an experience. I, I just think he's the best candidate. I mean, you look at a guy like Cole Anthony, I think he's only like 6'3". So it's just like there's a limit on what he can do. So I don't want to go with him. Jalen Green, I just, I'm not seeing it. Like, I, he's the favorite, but I just, I'm, I'm going with Obi Toppin. Matt, are you on Obi as well? Yeah, I'm on Obi as well. Um, I think, so I, I will admit to a bias here in that I always go for guys that have not just the most athleticism, but the most uh, violent uh, athleticism. Like my favorite dunks are the ones where you're trying to rip the rim off. Like I want you to try and kill the rim. Like that, those to me are the best dunks. Like that Isaiah Ryder action. Like that's what I want to see. Um, JTA did say that he is going to bring, he's going to reference Warriors history. So I'm assuming he's going to go for the J Rich, which would be pretty good. Like, Knowing that he at least has a plan is encouraging. Um, Jalen Green has said that apparently he's doing one with top shot. This is not going to go over well. Like, just as a heads up, that's not going to translate to the judges or the audience who impact the vote. So I definitely don't think that Jalen Green should be the favorite. Um, look, there are we've seen small guys get a lot of credit when they're in the dunk contest. Right. So I don't want to rule out Cole. I just haven't seen anything from Cole where I'm like, damn. So I don't want to bet Cole and I don't want to bet Jalen. So we're down to JTA and Obi. Um, I will go with Obi just because of the athleticism. I think that he brings, but I will say it does sound like JTA actually is like gearing up for this. Like JTA sounds like he wants to win this and JTA is one of those dudes that is just super competitive in everything. So I am like, I haven't bet it yet. I am looking at JTA a little bit here. Yeah, and he is, uh, he's plus 500 at FanDuel. So definitely Oof. another one of those to shop around and get the better line there. You guys are crazy. Jalen Green, Jalen's dunking is going to be the story of the entire weekend. Jalen Green is a freak, freak athlete. He's built for a contest like this. He's been in dunk contests before he had obliterated dunks against Cassius Stanley in a high school dunk contest. I would take Jalen Green straight up against the field here. Toppin is too big. Big guys don't usually do well in this event. Green is more powerful. Green is has more freakish athleticism. He's going to do like between the legs, behind the back type stuff. I don't know if we're going to see that from other guys. So I love Jalen Green here. Plus 200 at DraftKings. Brandon, um, on Jalen Green, you do understand that there's like a, I don't know, 35% chance that somehow he like 
misses every single dunk like off the back of the rim and then like just like or like he tries to dunk and misses entirely he has the first airball dunk like that given how his rookie season has gone i am i'm a little, little concerned about jalen you're you're still a little burned from the rookie of the year jalen thing we both yes, got I burned am. on that i, yes. I, I missed on yes Kate i am burned by the amount of money i have absolutely set on fire on his rookie of the year odds yes <laughs> but rookie of the year and winning a dunk contest are two very different things all right, three-point contest, which, uh, by the way, clearly should be last, not the dunk contest. Like, yes. we're all waiting for the three-point yeah. shootout yes. on Saturday. Just just fix the order. So we got eight people in order of odds. Patty Mills is the favorite, I guess. Fred Van Vliet, Luke Kennard, Zach Levine, Trey Young, Desmond Bain, CJ McCollum, and our one big guy, Carl Anthony Towns. Matt, I know you've gone long on the research on this one, so we're going to save you for last. Uh, Raheem, let's have you go first. Who do you like in the three-point shootout? All right, I like two guys. I'm going with Luke Kennard plus 600 and Fred Van Vliet. Look, for me, I've always had this one philosophy when it comes to the three-point shootout, and I think it's changing now as we have this three-point revolution. But to me, I've always wanted, like, three-point specialists. I mean, guys who they're in the league because they shoot threes. Like, you know, growing up, I saw Tim Legler win the, win the award. I saw Mark Price win the award. I saw Steve Kerr, Paige Stoyakovic, Jason Capono. I mean, guys who are three-point specialists. So I always tend to look at those guys, not the guys like uh, Zach Levine or Trey Young. These guys are just pure scorers. I want guys who are just pure shooters. I look at Luke Kennard. To me, he's just a guy who shot less than 39% from deep in any of his five seasons. I think he's at 43.4% this year. He's from Ohio, so I'm rolling with him. And then you know I got to roll with my Raptors. Fred Van Vliet, much to match chagrin. He can knock him down under pressure. I love his release, so I'm rolling with those two. Yeah, I'm with you on Luke Kennard. He's one of my two guys I like here as well. Similar mm-hmm. reason, just Luke Kennard is in the league because he's a shooter. He's a career 42% shooter. Mm-hmm. First of all, the guy to not bet on here, correct me if I'm wrong, Trey Young, what are we doing? Trey Young is volume and flash and passing and shooting from a long ways. He's a 35% career shooter. Like, can mm-hmm. we put actual elite shooters in the three-point shootout? I love Trey Young. I love him. But don't bet on Trey Young. I don't like the, the value there. Patty Mills doesn't take a lot of deep shots, so I don't like him. We got that stupid Mountain Dew shot now, remember? Fred Van Vliet, to me, he's... Maybe this is dumb, but he's he's small, and I feel like he could tear out by the end of the thing just just from getting the shots up. I, I always kind of like the big guys. Like Towns' shot is just going to be such an easy motion, and the big guys don't tear out as well. But I like Kennard, reasons you said. He's a great shooter, and I like Desmond Bain, like I said earlier. He's a 42% shooter. You can get Bain at plus 600 and Kennard at plus 600. I think that I, I would... I like Bain better, but I do worry that he might kind of tear out by the finals because he's been doing so many competitions in a couple of days. So I think I put those about even. I might just take a little bit of both of those there. So I like Kennard. Raheem likes Kennard. Matt, do you like Kennard? What do you think about the field here? I know you got the deep dive. Okay, so here's what I look at when I'm looking at three-point contest. I'm looking at couple of things. Um, I want consistency across the zones. So if you only shoot above the break and you're not used to shooting from the corners, that hurts. Likewise, a lot of shooters that get into this thing are only good from the corners. That helps you with the money ball, but that can hurt you when you're going around the racks. They, I don't know if they're doing the green long ball shots this year. That's one thing I need to look at. I hope not. 
Um, one more thing, because that was killer last year, especially with Zach Levine. Levine was my pick last year. Uh, Levine, I, I'm going to have to go with him again this year. I think I'm probably going to, because we're getting good numbers on all these guys, uh, because for some reason, again, Patty Mills is the favorite, which is very odd to me. Um, look, I got FBV at plus 440. I got Levine at plus 600. Uh, if we look at Luke Kennard, we can go ahead and throw him in on this one. Uh, his, what's his number at, guys? Six pounder at FanDuel. Yeah, so we could, I could take those three, and I'm still going to come out ahead. Like I'm gonna, I'll probably put more on Levine. That's what I'll do. I'll put more on Levine and uh, FEV, and then I'll put a less amount on on Kennard. So here, here's part of why the money ball rack is like, that's the one, like that's what matters because you get so many extra points for those shots. Most of the guys, they start in the left corner, they rotate around and they leave that money ball rack for last because if you're behind, you know, like I got to hit these and you lock in and you try and knock down corner threes, shortest distance, highest percentage. That's where most guys put that rack. Okay. If we look at the actual shot distribution on these guys, what you kind of come up with is Desmond Bain, um, as a 61% from the corners, that's good, but it's not as good as some of the other guys. He's 62%. This is EFG on above the break. This is effective field goal percentage, not uh, actual percentage, but it'll work out when we're all talking about the same ones. Um, Patty, the favorite is only 56% from the corners this season. Okay. Zach Levine on 51 attempts guys from the corners, 85% effective field goal percentage. He is absolutely nuclear fire from the corners. I need him to actually make them this year, which he did not last year, which was really irritating. But if Levine is able to hit what is his highest percentage shot, he is going to be pretty good about being able to rack those up. His percentages above the break this year, though, have dipped a little bit. Then we got FVV, who's at 70% from the corners and 59% above the break. I like y'all's pick because... Canard at the corners is 68% and above the break at 65. So he's got like the highest consistency. I think when we look at this, I think you guys are onto something with Canard. My only thing is you do have to factor in speed of shot. And I'm not sure that Canard shooting motion is as quick as it needs to be. The other thing mm-hmm. that's important to, to note here, and this is something that like we I've done this deep dive. And it's one of the reasons that we got buddy healed a couple of years ago. The idea that a lot of people look for is they look at catch and shoot opportunities because they're like, oh, well, you're just like standing still and then shooting. Here's a problem. You're not catching. Okay. No. The, no one's throwing the ball to you. It's just a rack next to you. So it's actually less like a catch and shoot. And it's more like a handoff. And those are very different mechanics. Like those, the ability to square up off of those shots is very different. Um, and this is like an absurd deep dive for a three point contest, but Hey, if you want to make money, like this is where we got to get to. Um, if we look at some of those numbers on handoffs, right. If we look at those kind of percentages, we do start to see a little bit of a differential just in terms of who does well in what situation, because a lot of times the best shooters are just guys that wind up with catch and shoot opportunities only. Right. Like that's a, a big differential there. Canard this season, for example, is 28th overall. Then you've got Desmond Bain is 17th on handoffs this season. He is absolutely incredible. Now, some of these are going to factor in um, when you get, take a handoff and you drive to the bucket. So it's not always shots. But I do think that looking at some of these metrics are kind of important. You can find this information on NBA.com. It's got in the, in the um, 
play type description. So I still think that there's value on Van Vliet. I like Levine, but you guys have talked me into Kennard. I'm going to be on Kennard in this one as well. I think those are the three best bets. FVV, Zach Levine, and Kennard. The one thing that's interesting about the three-point shooting contest is that these lines do adjust every round. So you do have opportunities to hedge. You have opportunities to cash out. So it's just I'm wondering if one of these long shots, like even CJ McCollum is at plus 950, which seems kind of crazy. I mean, when you compare him to everybody else. By the way, Kat, uh, 87% of his threes are above the break. That's the highest of any of these guys. He's only shot. He's only shot 27 shots from the corners. He's eight of 27 from the corners at 44% this season. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, CJ, CJ, surprisingly, surprisingly from the corners, only 21 to 57 at 55% effective field goal percentage. Um, so I, I, when I look at it, like, they just don't have the distribu- distribution. I do think that uh, Brandon's absolutely right. Trey young, like the, vo- mm-hmm. the volume, I do think volume matters, Brandon, just in terms of what we see from a lot of the guys that are actually better shooters, they get tired because they're not just not used to getting up that many shots, right? Like they mm-hmm. just don't have the the energy to just like keep tossing them up. It's exhausting. It's, it's tiring shooting threes. So I do think that looking at volume guys is good, but Trey's too inconsistent for me to be able to. We play. saw Allen Iverson in a three-point shootout and it just, it was a complete disaster. And I think we're, we're headed for the same thing with Trey. <laughs> yeah, one of the things that I look at on the three-point shootout, too, is just ha- have you done this before? Like, if, you, if you've been here before, just the, kind of what you're saying, Matt, the mechanic of it, getting used to the, the shooted motion, shooting motion, and then getting 25 or now maybe 27 shots off if the Mountain Dew shots are there. It's, just, it's a lot to do in a minute. And I, I love my guy Towns, but I, I worry that he could be, like, if, if you pick a guy out of this field, that's going to put up like an eight in the first round and everyone just kind of like cringes and is like, well, thanks for coming out anyways. I feel like my guy cat is the most likely for that. Just, I doubt that he's really done this before, but there's not a lot of experience. I like here. CJ McCollum and Zach Levine have done this twice. They were out in the first round, both times. Curry Young did it once. I have to believe Luke Kennard has shot a couple three point shootouts in his life. I mean, if he hasn't, what is he doing to got to this point of his life without doing a three-point shootout? So I, I kind of like Luke for that reason, too. All right, let's go to Sunday. The big event we're waiting all weekend for, the All-Star Game, the one where everyone shows up and tries, at least for a few minutes, to try to see if they can get the Kobe MVP award at the end. Team LeBron, Team Durant, the best part of the All-Star Game has already happened. We saw the draft and had a little fun there. Team LeBron is minus six. Kevin Durant team is plus 220 on the money line. We have an over under 319.5. Raheem, is there anything about this game other than all, other than MVP? We'll come back to that. But the actual lines and spreads here, is there anything that looks interesting to you? Team LeBron's going to run away with this. I think it's pretty clear when you look at it because, look, you're replacing Kevin Durant with LaMelo Ball. And the fact that Durant actually has to start Andrew Wiggins is, is, is kind of a mess. LeBron is just the better GM. And I mean, I think this is the one time of the year where LeBron is a GM. He, he really shines. This total could get interesting, however. I think that's where 319 now. I think last year we saw them put this total up so high, and I think it got bet down. Um, especially with the Elam ending. I looked the under. 
at certain points, but I, I don't know if I want to take it at this number. Yeah, just to be clear, Team LeBron or LeBron is GM all times of the year. This is just the only time of the year he's good GM. That's what you're saying, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because we're on the same page on that one. So yeah, it's it's nice that for one time each year he he you know picks some good players for his team. Um, Matt, what do you think? Team LeBron, Team Durant, over under? You got any lean here? I'll take Team LeBron. I, I think they have they've like he just built a better roster. Right. No KD. Like, I think one of the big differentials here is no KD. Right. Like if KD was playing, I'm probably looking at it the other way just because I like having KD at a plus number, but no KD. So without KD, uh, I will go ahead and throw my weight behind LeBron and all that size and everything else. Um, when we get to all star, I do have I do have a good question. I think of the total. Look, I just I'll lean towards the over. Um I think especially this year, it's going to be, I don't know. Like, here's a good question. I think this will be a lazier all-star than usual because guys are so exhausted. Like everyone's really, really tired at this point. And, and so I kind of wonder if we're going to see less effort than usual. And I, that, that kind of makes me lame. I'm now I'm kind of thinking about it. I may go with Raheem on the under. I think we might see a little bit of a breakfast. I could see that a little bit. Like it's, it, it's is, there, is there a less effort than usual setting? What is less effort than usual? Is it just like stand at half court and shoot threes? Yep. That's like <laughs> layups, layups instead of yeah. dunks, which are more likely to miss. Like yeah. a lot of like, oh no, like, wow, weird scoring drought here. Both teams struggle, just that kind of thing. So I, uh, that's, that's, yeah. that's just a, an instinct thing. I just don't know that we're going to, uh, let me put it this way. I have zero reason to think that this is going to be like an all-time really great all-star game. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm Team LeBron here. I don't necessarily love Team LeBron minus six with the Elam ending. It always kind of, you know, they, they try a little bit at the end. So I, I think I'm, I might be a Team LeBron live bet. See if I can get that line down to closer to a money line or just play the money line at a better number than we got right now. I mean, look, if you list off, who are the best players in the NBA right now? We're not going to do it, but let's just see which ones are on Team LeBron. We got LeBron. We got Giannis, Jokic. We got Steph. That's four of the starters. We got Luka coming off the bench the way he's playing. Let's check out Team Durant. We got Embiid. And then Ja Morant or Devin Booker is maybe the next best player on the team. So I'm going to go with five of the six best players in this game are on Team LeBron. So I definitely want Team LeBron to win here. I think, too, it's the more veteran team. I, I think these guys do care if it's vaguely close at the end. They want the MVP. They want to get the win. I think they like to get the win for their younger teammates who actually might want the paycheck coming out here. I don't think LeBron is going to want to lose to a team with, you know, Trey Young and Andrew Wiggins as the starters at the end. So I, I, I count on a little motivation there. I will look to get some sort of LeBron angle. I assume. We all like team LeBron and the MVP. We pretty much have to get somebody from LeBron's team then because the MVP is surely going to come from the winning team. So LeBron is the favorite for MVP and beat and Giannis are up next Steph, jaw from there. And it kind of goes on down the list. Uh, Matt, who do you like for MVP here? Well, while you're thinking, let me put, give you the portrait of an MVP. Here are the last 10 all-star game MVPs. Last year was Giannis, Kawhi, Durant, 
Durant before that, LeBron, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook twice in a row, Kyrie Irving, Chris Paul, Kevin Durant. Chris Paul was an outlier. He had 20 points, 15 assists, no rebounds. If you exclude him and that kind of weird line, the average stat line for the MVP over the last decade outside of Chris Paul, 35 points, seven rebounds, four assists. So like everything else in life, we just need somebody to score a crap ton of points and probably play on the winning team. I think we looked into this before and seen that it almost always is a starter and almost always from the winning team. So okay. what do you got, Matt? Okay, sorry. Um, I had a pick, but the problem with the pick was that I was like, oh yeah, they actually have to win the thing. That's, I totally forgot about yeah. the result mattering. Um, because I like Jaw, actually. If you like- That's exactly who I like too. Yeah, I like Jaw because Jaw feels like the kind of guy, like Jaw's going to go a hundred miles an hour in this thing. Like, yeah. he, like he's going to be the one that LeBron's like, calm down. Like, what are you doing? Um, or actually LeBron's going to be like, I remember when I had that much energy when I was 23, like that's, that's what will happen. But I like jaw. If you like team KD, um, if we're going to say that we like LeBron team LeBron to win DeRozan's plus 1400. And he's uh DeRozan's 2,500 at DraftKings. So there you go. 2,500. Wow. So, so think about this. DeMar is a longtime veteran. Okay, he's a multi-time all-star, but he's never been a starter. He gets to be like, and I'll say this. There's like this whole ethos amongst the players of like DeMar DeRozan is finally getting his flowers, right? Yeah. Like he's finally getting appreciated. We all know how good he is. His players like shooters that don't really care about efficiency. So that's like an opportunity, I think, for them to feed him. Like, I don't see Steph Curry being like, I'm going to win all-star MVP. I don't see that necessarily happening. Um, I don't see LeBron going that hard. I don't see Giannis after last year going that hard. Like, Giannis is not a bad favorite. It's definitely not going to be Joker. They're not going to give him the ball at all. He's not, he's not in, he, he's not. He's in not starting. Oh yeah, he is starting. Yeah. But like with Joker, like he's not in their branded superstar club. Like there, there's. There's people that are in with that whole group and there's people that are not. And Jokic is not in with them. He's not going to get the ball. So it's not going to be Joker. The rest of the reserves, like Luca might be an interesting play, right? Like they might let Luca just do whatever and he could wind up playing a lot if one of the starters decides to kind of chill out and not play as much. But ultimately, um, I look at DeRozan and think that he could just like hit every catch and shoot opportunity, hit a bunch of tough shots have some dunks, they'll feed him. And I can see DeMar DeRozan winning. So especially at like 25 to one, that's an absurd number for an all-star starter. So I like DeMar there. I've been calling DeRozan and Costco Kobe for years. So <laughs> for him to finally come through and get the Kobe award here would be very fitting. Raheem, who do you like for MVP here? Yeah, I, like I totally agree with Matt. Like I was thinking John Morant, but it's just like this team actually has to win a game. And I don't know if that's possible. I like, I like DeRozan. It's just tough because, like Matt said, I don't think any of, like, when I look at the team LeBron starters, I just don't see any of them really going for it. And I think Giannis could almost win this thing by default. And it's just like when you look at the history of the Kobe Bryant Most Valuable Player Award, we tend to get guys, we tend to get repeat winners. Like Kobe Bryant has won it four times. LeBron has won it three times. Kevin Durant has won it two. Russell Westbrook has won it back-to-back. Allen Iverson's won it twice. Um, we tend to see guys like 
you almost kind of want to go with Giannis, but at plus 380, there's no real value on it. Um, I kind of want to go with the guys from Team KD. And, you know, maybe they're getting counted out. This is an all-star game. If we're looking at guys from Team LeBron not really taking it serious, why can't Joel Embiid go out there and win this? Joel Embiid, John Mar- Yeah, it's like, so I, hey. I think I'm going to go with Joel loves putting up numbers when there's nothing on the line. Loves those those low stakes opportunities. That's yeah, Joel's bag. When nobody else is playing, though, there's real players playing in this game. Yeah, but not so, Al Horford. So fair, fair. I mean, this is the perfect opportunity for Joel to completely insert assert his dominance. I mean, he's like it's not like Jokic is going to be playing real defense on him. So, like, I mean, at plus six hundred, I think there's some value on him and. This is the all-star game. It's like laying six points. It's like, man, I could, still see Joel, I could see Joel trying to embarrass Jokic in this game. That like, that's a very real possibility that Embiid tries to embarrass Joker in this game as like, gets a, hurt. like a, I'm the real MVP that like him doing it in an all-star game is like the most, that, that to me seems like the most Joel thing. That would be very, I think that sounds very possible. Yeah. I, yeah. Agreed. Uh, I'm kind of with you guys on the, the, the angles here. I was trying to find a, a team Durant angle. The two guys that I was kind of looking at on team Durant, Jason Tatum is plus 1900 at FanDuel and Devin Booker coming off the bench and you never want a bench player, but let's be real. Andrew Wiggins is starting this game. Andrew Wiggins is not finishing this game. Devin Booker is probably the guy that's going to get his spot. And Tatum and Booker are two guys that are not personal favorites of mine, but they kind of fit that DeRozan thing. They're guys that are just going to like just jack a bunch of shots and maybe get hot in this game. And if, you know, if team Embiid wins, I think it's because maybe someone on their team just gets hot and hits a bunch of threes or something. So I kind of like those for long shots. Again, I want someone on team LeBron here. The profile of the guy that I usually want to back as all-star game MVP it basically is Giannis. Like, well, really, no, actually, it's David Lee. I want the profile of David Lee in the All-Star game. Do you guys remember when David Lee played in the All-Star game? He had, like, 20 points and 20 rebounds. Why? Because everyone else was hungover from the night before, and David Lee is up here YMCAing up and down the court, grabbing rebounds and getting, like, double-digit offensive rebounds and putbacks and just scoring layups every time. To me, Giannis is the answer to that. And yeah. I know you said no value at plus 380. That's FanDuel plus 750 at DraftKings. I have no idea why the numbers are so off on these, but I like Giannis plus 750. He's the guy that I think is going to score 30 points without even barely trying because he's just going to be constantly like, oh, I was under the basket and I got an offensive rebound from another missed three pointer. I guess I'll just dunk it again. Two more points, another rebound. He's going to get a bunch of that stuff, I think. And I thought about Jokic. I wonder if he could like kind of run point for this team and he's been the best player. And Matt, no, you totally talked me out of that. So no Jokic for me. Gonna, I was going to split the vote here. I'm, I'm just yeah. going Giannis. Default Giannis. It's been our guy for MVP all year. So let's hey, notably, notably 2014 or 2015, Russ's first all-star MVP. He did not start that game. Ah. Oh, wow. Oh, it just. As a head, like, I don't think it's ridiculous. I think the question is going to be like, if you think, if you think team LeBron's going to win, who's not going to start like, or who's not going to play a lot from the starters. 
right? Like and that, who could be, is, that could be Steph Curry or LeBron James, really. Yeah. So Luca might be the play there. If you think that, yeah. If you think that the that LeBron's gonna win, and you think that Steph might rest more, right? Luca feels like if they're gonna play anybody, Luca's gonna play. I feel like. Yeah. Right. The one. Yeah. Like this is a great opportunity for him to get in conditioning, lose a few extra pounds again. Like that to me feels like a good. Although, ooh, wait, no, 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 no. Okay, forget everything I said about Luka Doncic. We're not taking Luka Doncic in an environment in which there's parties the night before. We're not doing that. That's a thing we're not doing. We're not taking Luka Doncic on a Sunday after All Star Saturday. No, that is off the table. Forget that. So it's not gonna be like it's not gonna be Darius Garland. Oh, but I mean. Maybe Donovan Mitchell, but what about Jimmy? See, I would say Jimmy, but Jimmy has just been—he's always so banged up that it's just yeah, like you know, yeah, like it's just this is the toughest MVP field I've seen, and that's why I'm starting to default that maybe Giannis just wins his back to back because, like Brandon said, this is a guy who who tries hard all the time. Like Giannis doesn't—he doesn't take it easy, and he's going to get easy baskets. Like he can put up. 30 in his sleep. Who would be the, the funniest all-star MVP? Rudy Gobert. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. But that's just like a what? Like that's just like a weirdo. Fred Van Vliet yeah. would be mine. Like well, Fred Van Vliet comes in and like, <laughs> from, from the energy standpoint, the, the, the thing we're saying that David Lee, is it crazy that Jared Allen could put up like a pretty monster line in this game, just rebounding and dunking the entire game long. Like, couldn't he put up like a 20 and 20 and it wouldn't be that shocking. They probably play him a little extra. He's young and it's in Cleveland. It is like this. You like this home court angle. I don't know. Just, I'm just looking at, he fits the, the try hard and rebound and dunk a lot thing. So I don't know. I wish Harden was playing because Harden would be the funniest. Harden. Oh yeah. Harden would Harding winning all-star MVP would be absolutely the funniest thing imaginable. I would just, I would laugh the entire all-star. Oh my God. It would be so. I would would totally love to see Harden win on an Elam Elam ending with free throws. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That to me, that's the one reason why I don't necessarily love Giannis is I, I have to assume in the Elam ending, whoever hits the walk-off shot is just that always the extra icing on the cake for their MVP argument. And Giannis is not going to hit the walk-off shot. Like maybe it's a walk-off free throw or a put-back dunk or something. Like when it, we've seen it, when it gets there, these guys are going to be taking like step-back threes trying to get the walk-off hit. So one more, uh, one more, t- one more take on all-star. Um, okay. So if we kind of, if we're looking at this and we're like, who's going to have a monster game. And even if we, and we can admit though, that like, Look, the team LeBron's minus six, right? That's a okay favorite, but like this is a it's an all star game. It's a coin flip ultimately. Like maybe like a little bit weighted. I get that the numbers are different, but like it's an all star game. Like nobody's gonna be like, I can't believe Team Durant won. Like no one's gonna be right. So Raheem, let's go back to Tatum. We lost all that money on him for MVP. Yeah. Let's go back to let's go back to Jason. <laughs> I can totally ride with this because I just feel like. When I watch Tatum, I feel like I'm watching a guy who he's going to make the leap at some point. I don't know when it's going to come, but it's going to come. And at plus 1,900, I don't know what it is on, on DraftKings because it appears their lines are always higher. I, I see the value there. And, look, this is an all-star game. I mean, Team KD is full of young guys, young, hungry guys, Trey Young, John Morant, Jason Tatum, Andrew Wiggins, and Embiid. Like, 
at some point, the next generation has to take over. Why can't it be now? So I, I like it. <laughs> the other thing, too, with Tatum and with Devin Booker, you know, you know, those guys want badly a Kobe MVP trophy to put on the mantle. Yeah, that actually means something to Jason yeah. Tatum and Devin Booker. So if they get close, though, both those guys are guys who would gun for it, too. Yeah, I like DeMar, Ja, and Tatum. Those are those are the ones that I, I think I want. I think I'm about those yeah. three. The all Kobe team plus Ja. I, I like that. And then, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what to do about Joel because Joel is is a good point. Like that's a really good point. Like I just hadn't I hadn't really factored in how much this is a meaningless game with no stakes on it and no real competition. So it's like Taylor made <laughs> for Joel. I just okay. Well, uh, to wrap this up. What let's circle back to we just gave out like 10 bets from each one of us. So if you have <laughs> one, we definitely, we definitely got Luke Kennard for three point shootout. We did yeah. like that's yeah. that's that's the one we all like. Well, that's, that's what I want to say. What give me your one best bet? Like, what what of everything we just talked about? If everyone listening is going to bet one thing that you just gave out, Raheem, what's your one all star weekend best bet from anything we just said? I'm rolling with Luke Kennard. I, I'm rolling with the guy, he's from Ohio. Like I say, he's 43 percent. Three-point shooter. Let's roll with him. Matt, what's your best bet? Team rookies at the plus 160 at DraftKings for the skills comp. Yeah, if you can find the Halliburton-Bain combo in the Friday night shooting competition, that would be my pick. If it's not available, which I'm not seeing anywhere, I'm with Matt. The plus 160 team rookies, I think, is the best play. So we're, we're consensus on that. We're consensus on Kennard being nice value. So, you know, let's make some money. Let's have a weekend, make some money, watch a few dunks playing off the rim and, uh, you know, enjoy the festivities. That's going to wrap it up for All-Star Weekend Preview here at Buckets. And we'll be back next week with all of the usual stuff. Love the Fantasy Look Ahead podcast. Big picture on Monday still. You know, NBA may sleep, but we never sleep here at Buckets. Uh, We'll be back with everything next week. For Matt Moore and Raheem Palmer, I'm Brandon Anderson. Enjoy your weekend and enjoy the All-Star Game festivities. Let's get Buckets. Buckets.